two scared siblings. <laughs> Hi. Hello. Yeah. I really want to say that welcome, but then I'm just I like, know. wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah, it's just redundant. <laughs> yeah, okay, so I, I won't do that this time, but welcome to the podcast, just so I can fulfill the need to say welcome. Yes, hello, everyone. Hi, everyone. 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 Okay, yep. I mean, you know what? That's a word now. Everyone. I made it. I mean, okay. <laughs> you know what i accept it you didn't say y'all which is a thing I guess. i'm i gonna say y'all but it, it's not it's i've gotta wait for it it's I not gonna be like... my fault and you'll see why oh there actually is a y'all yeah oh i didn't know it's coming oh, okay wow this Brace is like yourself. kind of a serendipitous y'all topic <laughs> yeah. then no i kind of i like y'all i think it sounds good yeah me too it just feels like you're like creating it from the way back of your throat yeah y'all y'all with the drawl. Yeah, with the drawl. I like, yeah, I like drawls. I actually like southern accents. That's I like kind of thing. accents in general. Yeah, I mean, to some people, we probably have an accent, but I've never ever heard, like, people that we consider to have, like, accents say, oh, yeah, Canadian accents are so hot. Like, <laughs> I've no, never heard No, but that. I think, actually, there are people out there, like, okay, this may Citation be wrong. Citation needed. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but, like, in the UK and stuff, who find our accents, like, appealing the way we find their accents appealing. Yeah, I never, ever hear that. Like, I, I don't hear the opposite either. I have read it either. in a fictional book. Oh. So it could be Was wrong. the fictional book, like, written by an American? Because that'd be really funny. They're like, no, they find our accents No, hot, right? it was uh, written in, in the UK. Oh, okay. So maybe. Yeah. There must be some. Yeah. 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 <laughs> It's an acquired taste. <laughs> that one taste. author that I read when I was like 15. Yeah, it's an acquired taste. Plus, like stereotypical Canadian accents you don't actually really see often or hear often. No. <sighs> you know, okay. Maybe so, in like, like rural Newfoundland. I was listening to this podcast and mm -hmm. they're American, right? And uh, they were doing. That's exotic. They were talking about something that happened in Canada and the one girl was doing like the voice of a Canadian like she was quoting a Canadian oh no and even though I know these women have gone to to Canada Victoria I think no Vancouver oh, okay like Vancouver, to do their shows yeah. and stuff everyone like that. there sounds completely normal they sound just like any American yeah they've been to Vancouver and they've been to Toronto I think and yeah. so they know very well that we do not have this crazy that... newfie accent no but when she did the quote she gave <laughs> it like this airy accent of I was eh? a boot yeah. to do this this and I don't yeah. know like it it was bad too it wasn't even a newfie accent just like it wasn't done for your boot yeah kind of she kind of did that halfway but yeah yeah because no one actually can really pinpoint what that accent is no because it's not really how like a what lot it of is speak it's really rural and what like, it is is it's like. That's where areas. I think a lot of Irish settlers landed first. Yeah, the Maritimes, right? And so they would have still had some Irish or Scottish accents, and it then yeah. it, like kind of just turned into the Newfie yeah. accent, which is actually quite similar sounding to me, like without the lilt and uh, yeah. the, 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 the sort of like song songish quality of an irish yeah. accent you know how they yeah. like always sound kind of like they're singing there's a bit more <laughs> there's a bit more of a lilt sometimes yeah yeah um so i think like the lilt went away but it's still pretty irishy i i love irish accents like a lot i Me too. i listen to a lot of youtubers who like are from ireland and they just sound good Irish like they're and talking Scottish. about an anime I don't give a shit about, but I just like yeah, they sound good. <laughs> but they make it sound interesting, and now I find myself watching all this anime because a cute Irish person recommended it. Yeah, I love accents. <laughs> yeah, any accents, yeah. even like foreign accents. Yeah. Um. Well, foreign it would be Ireland and everywhere other than Canada. Well, I mean, like non-English speaking. Non-English speaking people yeah. speaking English. <laughs> Second, second language. Yeah, yeah, English is a second language. English is a second language. People, um, which is a huge variety because still that's awesome the Majority of the world. Yeah, no, yeah. there are a lot of really good sounding voices out there, and I kind of wish ours was more interesting. 
I but mean, it is to other people because to them we yeah, have an maybe. accent. And yeah. if we were, yeah. it, like, if I were to go to, because I know French, if I were to go to France and speak yeah, French. Yeah, it would be with an, they would a Canadian hearing. American accent. Kind yeah, of, apparently yeah. I have actually a really good accent, like not much of an accent speaking in French and Spanish, but it's probably yeah. still there. It's probably still there. It's just, there's a difference between, like, speaking a language badly and speaking it with an accent. Right. Yeah, but apparently I don't have much of an accent. Yeah. But that comes from having, like, learned, like, I started in French when I was four. Yeah, you were in French immersion. Yeah, yeah I was in French immersion from yeah. four till ten years old or something. Yeah, I've, I've heard that when I, when I speak French, too, my, my French teachers in, like, junior high, but mm-hmm. I was not in immersion. I just kind of listened oh. to videos and imitated it. I'm a voice actor, so that's what I do, right? I just, yeah. like, pretend... I can do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, we've got an email again because we we're super popular. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let I me drill that into your heads. Let me just like <laughs> subliminal messaging. We're popular. You like us. Your friends like us. I'll say it in ASMR, like as like a sleep hypnotism video. Yeah. Yeah. I would mouth Two noises. Yeah. So this, I chose this one because it's going to kind of go with what your topic is today Mm -hmm. and it's from a listener called hex Mm -hmm. a friend of mine and they say i that they've got a couple ghost stories yay because we've got a lot today today's ghost story day it is so once shortly after my grandma's brother ron died due to complications of multiple myeloma chemo etc after dealing with it for 10 years my gram's mom and i were at my house Mom and I were in a separate room from Graham's, but when my envelope of birth control pills somehow managed to hit my grandma's butt, (laughs) it was on a surface that would have had to fly off it and turn a corner to hit her or have been thrown. Someone's being sassy. But no one was there. It's a sassy ghost. We're under the impression Ron did it to be funny because that was the type of guy he was, bless his soul. (laughs) Happy face mark with a teardrop. Yeah. (laughs) In a similar vein, my grandma has found one of her elephant figures on the ground, upright, that had been on a shelf, with no other real explanation than him making his presence known. Ron collected them specifically if they were holding their trunks up since they were a symbol of luck. Oh, I didn't know that. That's neat. Another story. Back when I was super young, my mom noted that the display on our microwave was flashing 2222. Oh, creepy. That's like my my uh, specific number. Like, since I was like 14, that's been a number for me, like a luck number. 22 or 2222? 22. 22. Oh. Like all 22s, two twi- all of them, yep. I believe it was April 22nd, what? which was, I believe, my great-grandparents' anniversary, and my mom always visits the cemetery that day to visit them. Yeah. So my mom figured it was either Arthur or Mildred reminding what? her to visit, and I'm, she, yeah. I am so sorry. Mildred. Yeah. Arthur and Mildred, her great, her, yeah, the great-grandparent, the dead ones. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the mom's, um, the mom's parents, yeah. So the mom. parents, yeah. Uh, so she kind of told them, I know, I know, in a fond manner. <laughs> Turns out, a little later that day, we got the news that one of my uncles on dad's side committed suicide. Oh. Oh, no. Yeah. I know me and mine have had more, but my brain is kaput right now. If more come up, I'll send them y'all's way. You just include that sentence that you could, like, fulfill the y'all. Well, no. I'm so glad. Hey, I, co- I copied and pasted everything that I was going to use. Yeah. Good. I'm... That's very responsible copying and pasting. I think so. Copy paste responsibly, kids. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that was a good email. Yeah, thank you, Hex. Ah, we appreciate all the emails. It's so nice to get some. Yeah. Like, I mean, we've been getting like a fair bit here and there, but it's also just kind of like when people share their personal like ghost stuff. It's really, it's really yeah. nice. It's really. Good I really to hear. like to choose the ones with personal stories. Yeah. Um, and I do like to choose the ones from our. The ones I uh, from people that I know are loyal listeners, but I will include mm. more. Um, yeah, as more we get variety. more more detailed ones too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I kind of we'll, chose this we'll one because it went them. with your. It goes with my my theme. I mean, theme. our theme today is actually Victoria. It is because right <clears throat> now, as you are listening to this, we are in Victoria. Right now, as we're recording this, we are sadly not in Victoria. No, we're not. But we're thinking ahead, and this is us from the past. Speaking to you <laughs> from the present Victoria. I don't understand time. It's fine. <laughs> it's all right. 
Yeah. I'm. You know what? Fuck it. Time's a Fuck construct. Time. Yeah, it's a government conspiracy <laughs> to sell clocks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that clock. You know what? Someone thriving. in the world believes that. I, I, I guarantee it. Someone on the internet believes that exact conspiracy theory, and I'm sure oh, I could find their blog. And it's maybe probably they'll really email long. us. Yeah. <laughs> maybe somebody's listening. <laughs> They're like, huh. That's me, finally. Tell Someone us your conspiracy me. theories. Yeah, tell Email us, us your conspiracy theories. That'd be fun. I want to hear some. I want to hear some too, because I did them a few episodes back, but you did. like, I want to, I'd be cool to hear some of the like wild and personally weird ones too. Yeah. It's like, you know, I didn't find as many of the crazy ones I thought. It's weird. I, that's because I didn't want to go into lizard people guy, because he's kind of a skis ball. But um, yeah, so today, Victoria. Now, Victoria, okay, so pretty much all of Victoria is haunted. It's got a really fraught history, and Victoria, this is in British Columbia, is considered to be the most haunted city in British Columbia. And we really want to live there. We do. Yes. So, I've got some hauntings from mm. haunted Victoria. All right, so, Bastion Square. Bastion Square, located in downtown Victoria, is a popular spot for both tourists and locals, and houses plenty of restaurants and shops, unique art, and views of the harbor. In the summer, it hosts an artisan market, apparently. Oh. Yeah, we've never been there during the summer. It's the no. only season we haven't gone. It'd be gone. awesome to go. But yeah, it'd be we'll crowded. It'll be, it'll be hot. It's gonna be hot. Hot and... Well, no, it doesn't get too crazy hot there. Apparently it's pretty... It gets into like temperate. thirty plus thirty Celsius, which is enough what? to I like melt it, no, me on the spot. It stays like around twenty-one. No, no, that's that's like it's San island Francisco weather. And it's stuff. not like the rest of BC, the mainland. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe you're right. I don't know. We'll know when we live there, so that's a goal. We, we need will. to live there so that we can we'll like report back, report the weather, because that's what you're all here for. Um, <laughs> it's a weather podcast. So Bastion Square, beautiful during the day. But as soon as the sun goes down, Bastion Square is known as a haunting ground. Nearly every single building and alleyway supporting, uh, surrounding the square boasts a ghost story, many quite sinister. Understanding some of the history of Bastion Square can tell us why. The site of the old Supreme Court building, for example, was built upon the location of the city's jail and its first gallows. The small backyard of that prison was where Victoria used to perform public hangings. And of the many men who died there, the vast majority never had their bodies claimed by friends or relatives. So, what was done instead was that, 24 hours after their death, they were simply buried in the same yard where they were killed, with very little, if any, care. Of these men, at least two should never have been executed. Uh, that was, like, confirmed. Although, in my opinion, it was probably a lot more than that. Probably. Yeah, and also I... Them against executions, so all of them. But like, <laughs> when the old jail building was taken down for the purposes of building the courthouse, the workers uh, simply did not bother to dig up all the bodies that were buried there. So many of the bodies of the men who were hung from the tree beside this location remain just under the foundation, in the concrete and beneath it, permanently. There are bodies that we tread upon when we yeah. walk there. And the tree, the tree uh, that they're buried by the gallows, uh, this is a tree that Andrea and I have probably seen a whole lot just, like, walking around unsuspecting. Like, this is, like, yeah. a tree that we probably, like, didn't... walked by. Your leaf could well, be from that tree. When we went on the ghost walk, didn't they point it out? They might have, because it's right by, yeah, it's it's a pretty, like, we walked through Bastion Square, so yeah, yeah. probably. We've definitely been by there, and we've walked yeah. upon... Oh, definitely. We've walked upon the dead, apparently. Yeah, so, <clears throat> now I have a more formal ghost story. This one is one you haven't heard, Andrea, I don't think. I know, I see it. Yes. I don't... You don't recognize... I don't recognize You this. don't recognize the screaming doppelganger? No. All right, so this story takes place in Beacon Hill Park, a beautiful, large area encompassing a lot of preserved land, walking paths, and really cool, flowery trees, from my own experiences. But, in addition to being so peaceful at times, and so beautiful... Beacon Hill Park has seen a lot of death, and one such ghost story reads as such. And this is uh, partially a passage and partially some info from getawaybc.com and hubpages.com. <clears throat> In the late 1970s, at the corner of Southgate and Douglas Street, a woman with a dark complexion and long blonde hair stood still and alone upon a large rock, morning after morning. Witnesses agreed that the woman's behavior was odd. 
People who noticed her wondered what she was doing and who she was, but never if she was a real being. Uh, months of this woman's strange morning routine went by before she disappeared, not to be seen again. So it was believed. In 1983, a decade later, another woman was spotted mirroring the same strange behavior as the woman witnessed years before. This woman had long dark hair, pale skin, and dark clothing. She was a misty form and, to no mistake from witnesses, was an apparition. Then, on November 15, 1983, a body was found in a shallow grave under some bushes nearby the rock where the woman had been originally spotted. The remains were of a woman who fit the description of the dark-haired woman, and it was soon discovered that she was a local who had gone missing on June 2, 1983. It was estimated that she had been sloppily buried there the whole time she'd been missing, in a spot that was only meters from a well-used path. We... did we walk along that path? Yep, yep. Okay. We probably walked along this, yep. So, since then, the dark-haired woman has been spotted by people using the path. She is usually sitting upon the rock where she had always been standing before. And this is quoted from uh, an author on Hub Pages, uh, Suzanne71. <clears throat> It's often said that her appearance is one of repose, almost as if she is meditating, but her mouth is hanging open in a silent scream. Many have said they've stopped to ask her, not knowing the history of the spot, if she was okay only to be completely ignored. After walking away, the stories have varied from people turning and looking back only to see that she had completely disappeared, or that they turned only to see her turning to mist and vanishing. In connecting the two female visions, the public found the similarities too obvious to ignore. It is said that the coloring was different, but opposite, you know, in an opposite way. Like, yeah. one of the two women seen on the rock. Like a photographic negative, the doppelganger was the reverse image of the woman found dead. Oh! Mm-hmm. In the last century, Beacon Hill Park has had its share of deaths by drowning, suicide, or natural causes. Interestingly, the woman on the rock stands alone as one of the park's most eerie. As legend has it, Queen Elizabeth I of England is said to have seen her image laying in bed. She died not long after. If you are a believer or not of the doppelganger, be warned. It is said that to see one's own doppelganger is an omen of death. Oh, so Queen Elizabeth saw her own Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that, I was confused for a second, too, when I first read the article. I was like, yeah, did I was they like, see how did this, this woman? Yeah, woman like, from Victoria end up in Queen Elizabeth's bed? Well, I mean, there's like five, <laughs> I mean, a lot of English people in Victoria, right? But like, yeah, it'd be weird. Yeah. <laughs> be, yeah. I just don't know how. I just don't know why she'd choose Queen Elizabeth, though, but like, who knows, right? But like, yeah, no, I think it's rumored that Queen Elizabeth I saw her own doppelganger when she oh, was okay. in bed so it's like before she died. A harbinger. Yeah, it's a har. Yeah, it's a har. Yeah, a harbinger. Is it harbinger? Or harbinger? <laughs> I think it's harbinger. That's one we gotta look at. Har. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to make a mistake and say it wrong. Well, again. I'm okay with saying words wrong, because, like, you know what? We read all these words, and no one ever says them out loud. No, so I, I knew never all these learn. words as a child, because I read, like, crazy. Yeah, I knew all these words, but nobody but ever no spoke one... them. So no. then when I started saying them, people were like, what are you saying? It's like, <laughs> that's not how it's pronounced. Like, well, yeah, well, you never used it. So, like, yeah. <laughs> who's the real chump here? Humph. But, yeah, so, <clears throat> the next ghost story, and this is a pretty famous one. I hear about this a lot. Um... Andrea and I hear about this every time, actually. But, (laughs) so, Fantan Alley and the Ghost of Chan. So this part is quoted from the Globe and Mail Canada. A pair of hand-carved stone lions on eternal sentry duty maintain an unblinking vigil in front of the Gate of Harmonious Interest. Their post at Fisgard Street is the formal entrance to Chinatown. Stroll along the south side of the street and a narrow break between buildings is flanked by a diner and a greengrocer. A dim light can be seen at the far end, a city block to the south. This is Fantan Alley, billed as the narrowest street in North America. A man on his back can stretch across the alley at its widest. At its narrowest, a child can place a hand on the brick walls on either side of a mere 1.2 meter gap. And we've been there, and it is actually that skinny. But it's awesome. It's beautiful. It's so cool. And they deck it out. Yeah, and it's hard to find. Yeah, that's hard to find. Yeah, they deck it out. It's gorgeous. Yeah, it is hard to find. We didn't even know about it the first time we went. Yeah, because it's a literal, like, tiny alley. It's really cool. So 
The alley takes its name from the Fantan Guan, the gambling dens that once shared this space with opium dens. The latter was a legal pleasure until banned under the Opium Act 99 years ago. And this end quote from them. So now, Fantan Alley houses more than one ghost to be sure. But one of its most prominent specters is the ghost of a young man named Chan. And a lot of the info I have here is from the Ghostly Walks family-owned business, but I'll be telling the story in my own words, like, obviously. I just think everyone should check them out, because they're great. Andrea and I go every year, and it's always fantastic. So, and now, the story of the ghost of Chan. In Chinatown, there is a beautiful girl by the name of Yogum. She was considered to be the most beautiful young woman in all of Chinatown, and, by contrast, Chan was just, you know, an average-seeming guy who lived and worked nearby. Chan, however, fell deeply in love with her, with her voice as she sang outside the building she worked to entice customers to enter, and with her astounding beauty. So one night, he asked her to marry him. However, Yogum was essentially a slave girl, and she was owned by a man named Yip Tang, So Yogum turned Chan away, citing this is the reason that she couldn't marry him. Chan, of course, came back the following night and gave Yogum a jar of poison so that she could use it to kill her owner (laughs) and therefore be free to marry Chan. (laughs) But Yogum stated plainly that she would not do that, and she also told Chan just as plainly to get lost. And she laughed at him for his marriage proposal, so Chan felt humiliated. So he went back to his room, dejected, but throughout the night he could see other men lining up in front of her place. He heard Yogum calling out to them and singing, and his jealousy sparked into a violent, vengeful rage. During the night, he came down with his cleaver as he worked in a kitchen, and while Yogum was leaning out the window with her neck stretched out just far enough, Chan whipped the cleaver downward and chopped her beautiful head with her long, lovely hair right off. Immediately, Chan then went to run. He ran through the streets of Chinatown, splattered with blood, searching wildly for a place to escape. He spotted the entrance to Fantan Alley, the gambling alley, and, having known the way in, as he'd been there uh, many times before, he rushed through, and that's when he was stopped by a large group of men exiting one of the gambling dens. They blocked his path, and he pushed and forced his way through them, shoving them against the walls and causing others to fall fully to the ground, managing managing to just barely escape and continue running. Chan bolted to his workplace and tried to hide there, but inevitably, he was captured two days later and thrown in jail. As the sentence for his crime would have been death by hanging anyway, Chan escaped the public affair of it and hanged himself in his jail cell. His body was not properly disposed of according to Chinese customs at the time, and the Chinese citizens of Victoria argued against the lawmakers who did this, worried that an improper funeral, in this case an entire lack of one, would cause Chan to return as an angry, dangerous spirit. And his ghost does return! There are many reports of him haunting the building he used to work at, which is now a restaurant that leaves food out for his spirit in order to calm him. However, his ghost also still haunts Fantan Alley, reliving his escape over and over. People walking through the alley sometimes see the shadowy specter of Chan running toward them, and then suddenly they feel themselves being pushed up against the wall, or falling fully to the ground. Then any sight of him vanishes. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and he I found more details. on your backpack. Yeah, he yanked on my backpack. Yeah, so <laughs> we were told this story. There's some of the details missing when we were told it. It was really interesting. Because um, it was a ghost walk and they like, yeah, we're I think a they abbreviate walk. them a little. <clears throat> yeah, they do it more performatively because you're standing out there. Yeah, you're standing. Listening, yeah. The whole time. And... Yeah, you don't want to just see someone read off a paper, right? Like, but yeah. like, yeah, so it's, yeah, he tugged on my backpack. I thought Andrea was bugging the shit on me. Or like, in this case, I thought it was um, someone behind me in the group. Because people had been walking close to me and annoyingly all night. You thought it was me. You blame everything on me. No, I thought the the one, the Pendry, was you. And we'll get to that. (laughs) But um, I thought this one I did not think was you. I I turned around to get irritated at whoever was behind me just to give them a look. And I was the last one in line. There was no one there. We were in Fantan Alley after having just heard this story. Or in the middle of the story, actually. And I was like, hmm. And Chan was just like, hey, dude. He's like, your backpack's in my way. I'm running from the law. No, you're not, Chan. (laughs) You're running from your mistakes, Chan. It's, yeah. You're running from yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Take a look in the mirror. What have you become, Chan? Dig deep. 
Yeah, no. Let no, it out. Jeez, poor Yogum though. Like that's a shit way to go. It's not well. It's fast. Yeah, hopefully. You know. I mean, theoretically, yeah. Well, I would imagine it must have been fairly quick. Otherwise, she would have pulled back. And yeah, I'm, or there would somebody have been more, would have been like, like oh, I think he was there were sawing witnesses. for an hour. Yeah, it is actually I, pretty hard to get through the neck if you're if you're not is. using a big. Thing. But he must have had like a really sharp like It was machete. a cleaver apparently. Yeah, it was a cleaver sort of deal, like a big knife from the kitchen. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, so here's a slightly lighter one. Uh, Emily Carr and St. Anne's Academy from bcmag.ca. St. Anne's Academy, located on, on Humboldt Street in Victoria, is a former convent school, which is scary enough, now yeah, owned by terrifying. the... Yeah, nuns. By the BC government. It's owned by them. This was once Victoria's first Roman Catholic cathedral. Well, it's just getting scarier and scarier. Ah! Never mind, this is, a, <laughs> this is a dark one. Built in 1858 and then moved and added to the school in 1886. People have claimed to see nuns wandering the grounds in the early morning. After all, the original cemetery still remains on the grounds, and nine sisters are buried within. Visitors have also claimed to see the ghost of Emily Carr, Victoria's famous artist and writer. Emily Carr is said to haunt several locations in the city, including her home on Government Street and the James Bay Inn. Uh, so here's a personal note. Andrea and I have seen the location of Emily Carr's once home on Government Street, I think is that one? Yeah. And mm-hmm. we were shown the window, the exact window in which her ghost appears to people. So I took about a million photos of the building and the exact window during our last trip to Victoria in April. Uh, both zoomed in and zoomed out, so it's a, lo- it's a lot of window pics. And I will be posting those photos to our Two Scared Siblings Instagram account. So let me know if you folks see anything. Um, I didn't, but I've shit-talked Emily Carr's art in the past, so that could be why. You also thought she was alive. I also did think she was alive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, okay. When <laughs> on we were the on the walk, walk, on the walk, he was like, Emily Carr haunts this building. I was like, isn't she alive? Isn't so I was like, just like, because no. that's why I was confused. I was like, <laughs> is it really haunting if she's just like visiting and like seems creepy? Yeah. <laughs> she just stands in the windows. <laughs> People are like, the ghosts of Emily Carr who is alive right now. She's like, I'm alive. I just like to <laughs> I'm just stare creepy. at people at this window. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought. He was the ghost tour guy was like not since nineteen forty eight or something or whatever yeah. whatever year it was. Yeah. I was like, ha, whoops. So our Instagram account, <clears throat> just a quick like update. I'm going to actually start posting on it. Yeah, we're gonna put. We can post a lot of like ghost <laughs> We've pictures been and pictures. Very inactive of, yeah. on it. I've just yeah. been promoting Insta. Our um, we can post on Twitter too. Yeah. I've been plugging this podcast on my personal Instagram, but what yeah. I'm gonna do is actually start posting pictures and updates and stuff on our actual Instagram account, and I might just like neglect my own account. <laughs> I'll be posting a lot on all. I, I neglect all my accounts. You have to have you have really? to do it on the phone, which is why oh, I haven't been posting that. to it because yeah. I'm signed in as me and I don't know my password. So if I sign out as me, I don't <laughs> then know you're if I'll be able to get like back barred. in. Yeah, you'll have to like change it. But it's fine because I don't really use my Instagram, so I'll just just yeah. take one for the team. Yeah. I'll, yeah. Okay. Take one for the siblings. I can stop existing just for this podcast. Yes. Well, that's what we discussed last episode. That is what happens when the podcast is done. We we just disappear. We do. We're really mm-hmm. only here when the podcast is here. If a tree falls in the forest and no one's there to hear it. Oh. <laughs> so, another one. And this is a bit of history. Uh, building hotels. When the European colonizers came to Victoria to steal land and open their businesses and such, a few of those business owners felt that the burial grounds of a variety of indigenous peoples uh, were in the way. And they didn't mind upheaving these grounds in order to pave the way for their hotels. So when the bodies of the native people resting in these burial grounds were dug up, their bones were thrown in a heap and then burned. The wife of one entrepreneur responsible was said to have claimed that she could see the souls of the dead rising from the smoke and fire when the bones were burned, and she was terrified. So needless to say, the hotels in Victoria are almost all haunted. And one example, one example is the Gatsby Manor. No, no related, like no relation to the Great Gatsby. Someone just thought the name was cool and called it that. It's called both the Pendry Inn and the Huntington Manor now. 
Guests to this hotel like to book the honeymoon suite, claiming to see, at night, the spinning figures of two heads. Two men, one older, one younger, bickering as they loom above the paralyzed and terrified guests laying in their bed. Or the enthralled and happy guests, because this is what they bought the yeah. room for. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> which would be us. So, the history behind this is related to the sins of the past. The manor belonged to a hotel, to a hotel owner, and one day... One of the sons of the owner was traveling in a horse-drawn carriage through the city when suddenly the horse became frightened and the young man was thrown from the carriage. He landed on the ground, neck out, before one wheel of the carriage, which nightmarishly rolled forward and decapitated him. Lots of decapitation in Victoria. Yeah, geez, guys. Keep your keep heads, your heads on. on. Yeah, like, I mean... Victoria! I gotta take, you know, I can't... Now I have to hold myself to that standard. What's that? Uh, keeping my head not decapitated. Y- yeah. And you know what? Anything I've can been happen. Doing Anything that can my happen. whole life, trying to make sure that I don't get decapitated. You know, I've just been kind of like lackadaisical about it, but things have worked out. It's still attached. I can, I can help you out. I don't know. You don't have a big enough cleaver. Well, oh, I can. Oh. It'd be slow. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> okay. Well, if you give me a lot of drugs, then it might be worth it. <laughs> okay. All right. So yeah. He got decapitated by the wheel of the carriage. So later, the father of the young man who'd been killed was walking through the corridors of his hotel. He'd had experience with his other hotels burning down, seemingly due to bad luck or perhaps burning the bones of uh, the dead. Uh, So he'd had a sprinkler system installed in the hotel, and as he was walking, one of the sprinkler system pipes from above came loose, and right as he passed beneath it, the heavy pipe fell directly onto his head, killing him instantly. Now, Andrea and I have a lot of pictures of the manor where the family lived as we stayed there about a year ago, though not in the room with the spinning heads. Which sucks. I know. We'll manage to get ourselves a spot in that particular room someday. But in the meantime, I'd be happy to post some pictures of the manor slash inn. Because at night, I'd go out for my smoke breaks alone, right? Because Andrea's an old lady and she goes to bed at like 5 p.m. Hey. And didn't come out with me during my midnight smokes. <laughs> for shame, Andrea. I was super tired from, I know, from being old and walking and being old. <laughs> from, exi- from life. From it existing. Gets you down. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to exist when the podcast isn't there to help us do it. <laughs> um, and, okay, when I was out there for those smokes, like around midnight or whatever, I always noticed a distinct shift in the atmosphere of the house and the grounds. I felt, like, weirdly at peace outside. It was really nice, but not inside. Like, the mood would just drop whenever I went back inside. And I would sometimes hear softly creaking footsteps following me up the stairs to our room while I was returning completely alone. Yeah, I kind of yeah. noticed that, too. Yeah, but remember, yeah, it was creepy. You have to tell the story of the... <clears throat> tapping that you blamed oh, on me. Oh, yeah, the tapping that I blamed on you. So this is that point that Andrea was like talking about a little earlier, yeah, that we alluded to. Yeah. Um, so I was running a bath in the beautiful, old-fashioned porce- porcelain-like clawfoot tub in our room, because this, this house is old as shit, right? I loved it. It was beautiful. And I was bending over to, like, test the water and just wait for it to fill when I got tapped on the shoulder a few times. And I thought that, like, Andrea had th- thrown, like, a sock at me because she was, like, goofing around with mom on the bed or whatever. Like, just, like, being a dick and tickling mom's foot or whatever. <laughs> and, like... <laughs> we all were in very close quarters, unfortunately. Yeah, and Andrea gets bored. And, um... Yeah, so I thought that she'd toss something at me to be a dick. So I looked over and they were halfway, they were all the way across the room on their bed, completely just talking to each other. And I was like, oh, (laughs) but I kept filling the bath. And yeah, I I would intermittently feel like three taps on my shoulders, like someone was impatiently tapping me on the shoulder from behind. Yeah. Yeah, so that was some weird. weird shit. And we think that we might have been staying in the nanny's room. Like apparently the kids, the younger kids in this family had like, a really strict Scottish nanny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, we were in the like attic, that. which would have yeah. been like the playroom, yeah, or and probably room. where like the governess, the governess stayed. Yeah, would have stayed. Yeah, so she's probably just like bugging me about like the water. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's getting too full. You're wasting. Like, I don't know. like, it's okay, Agnes. We have indoor plumbing now. <laughs> like, but um, yeah. So <clears throat> speaking of the last story. Well, and I've got a bonus one, but the last uh, ghost story in this one, this one's pretty gruesome. So, the gruesome discovery of Agnes Bings from VicNews.com. 
In the 1890s, Johnson Street was known to be the red light district of Victoria. A 44-year-old woman named Agnes Bings worked at Pilgrim Bakery, where a store called Paboom Home Imports currently sits, apparently. So to get to her home on Russell Street in Vic West, Agnes normally hopped on a streetcar that traveled over the Point Ellis Bridge. While it was a long way to get home, it was safe. But on the night of September 22, 1899, she missed her bus and decided to take a shortcut across the railway tracks where the Johnson Street Bridge now exists. Walking along the dark railway tracks, Agnes, of course, never made it home. Her husband called the police at first light, and they went in search of her before locating, locating her body along the tracks. <clears throat> My throat's killing me. <laughs> what the police saw upon finding Agnes was described as being one of the most horrific, gruesome sights any of the officers had seen at that time. None of them were prepared for it. Agnes Bings had been strangled, her clothes ripped off, and she had been sliced open and thoroughly disemboweled. Her heart kidney, liver, and spleen had been removed and placed with an almost decorative care beside her body. And the murder was, like, Ew. so, yeah, and, like, I think her intestines, too, like, I feel like that was part of what we were told, like, where they yeah, wrapped around her head. Yeah, it was, like, head. wrapped around. Like, wrapped around her, like, a crown like or something. Like a little halo Yeah, thing. like a little halo. Like, her intestines were taken out as well and wrapped it, but her, and her other organs were, I guess, like, stacked neatly beside her. Yeah. It was nasty. Um, and the murder, because of this, was reminiscent of London serial killer Jack the Ripper, which sent locals into a panic, leading them to believe the infamous killer had come to the island, as all traces of him had just so happened to recently disappear from London, leading the English to believe he'd gone abroad. So, Agnes Bing's ghost can be seen near the Delta Ocean Point Hotel, which has pillar-like structures that are lit and glow softly at night, creating upward beacons. Witnesses walking by the area have reported that in the evening they've heard a blood-curdling scream and will see the lights glitch and flicker as something crosses in front of them, as though a figure is running, running for her life, past them, blocking the light as she runs and looking over her shoulder at her approaching murderer. Yeesh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <clears throat> I wrote that paragraph. I feel good about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's well written. Good yeah, job. Yeah. Trying to make it sound. I like the Agnes Bing story. That yeah. one's really interesting. Yeah. Like, none of these are made up, by the way. We're just, they're just, yeah. They're all, like, these are all things that happened in Victoria. Yeah. Fucked up, eh? It is Like, what the up. shit happened to Agnes? Like, yeah, poor, poor Agnes. Yeah. So, I'm almost done, but first we get a bonus time warp because I thought this was cool. The Shelbourne Street Vortex. There's an apparently widely documented and experienced time warp on Sheldon on Shelbourne Street in Victoria, south of the Hillside Shopping Mall. In October, between 2 and 3 a.m., if you are driving alone in your car on this stretch of road, the city turns into an overgrown, unpaved country road, deserted and dark. Drive a minute and it shifts back to the present day. Some believe there's a genuine time warp here, and some believe that they're rather seeing the ghost of this part of Victoria from the past. <clears throat> and here's a Reddit user talking about the vortex. I, like, just was looking at people who live there and said things about it. Walking south on Shelbourne, coming home from the library at UVic on a rainy night in mid-October. <clears throat> I lived in Fernwood at the time, and I was walking back by the same route I'd walked that afternoon. The sidewalk just ended, without warning, and I was standing on a well-worn footpath. I looked to my right and was quite startled because I'd never noticed this row of large houses set far back on deep lots. I walked this route all the time. A few moments later and I was back onto the sidewalk, back onto familiar Shelbourne. A couple weeks later in Monday Magazine's annual Halloween issue, I read about the time distortions many people have experienced on Shelbourne. And he's got like an open face emoji. A scared face. Yeah, scared face emoji. Yeah, yeah, and like... I well, didn't know that there's a time warp in Victoria. We gotta go. No, I didn't know about that either. That would be interesting. Yeah, next time we're there in October at 2 or 3 a.m., we'll have to bug the show, Mom, to, like, bring us Yeah, there. we'll look up. We'll look up Shelburne Street. And we'll... Yeah, it doesn't sound like it's far, so. Well, and we walk everywhere when we go. It's yeah. just a lot of walking. Well, yeah, I mean, why rent a car, right? Also, Victoria's roads are, seem weird and scary. <laughs> I don't like new things. <laughs> <laughs> Andrea. 
I love your little nasal voice. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. <clears throat> I'm going to take a break real quick and then come yep. back and we'll do my case. We'll be right back with a very eerie Victoria case it's for you. It's scary. Yeah. Ooh, scary. <laughs> and we're back. Hello. You missed us. Admit it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for the like two second like that there will be for the ad if you're listening on Podbean, the app <laughs> like dang this ad hmm, it's just not the same <laughs> all right so andrea has a case for you from victoria I have a case yeah and it's a well-known <clears throat> case i thought i would be remiss if i did not do it yeah and you know what it's well known probably to people in canada but like americans yeah. don't know anything they no don't hear about things n- that no, are they, not they just don't know anything at all <laughs> just all you just had to like slip that in there we've already just like <laughs> five states but i know we're we working on it to them all yeah we've we've got we've got some more on the list that's <clears throat> a good point all right okay. so tell me so rena verk oh shit yeah okay yeah so one of um she was murdered <laughs> yeah the spoiler end. spoiler alert <laughs> and goodbye um, spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so one of her murderers is named Kelly Ellard. Yep. In 1997, she lived in View Royal, which is a town that you pass on the highway to Victoria. Mm-hmm. She was 15. Um, she was apparently, you know, had a short brown, brown bob, stud in her nose, cute girl. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen pictures of her, yeah. Yeah, and she had an intense friendship with this other girl named Josephine Bell. Yeah. Josephine Bell was more charismatic and kind of more of a leader than Kelly. Mm. And I think, I don't know what the dynamic was between them, but it, it sounded interesting. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Like the exact, it's just implied. But oh. Um, it's not romantic, but it's just like. Implied that they were like close, like there was a, there was weirdly a dynamic. close, yeah. Yeah, there was something, yeah. Um, they shared an interest in all gangster-related things, and they were interested in things like serial killers, and they liked ruthless men. Well, we've all been there, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> me I like, too. I like soft gentlemen, too. I like too. me a ruthless man. <laughs> Ruthlessly gentle. <laughs> um... So Josephine said that she wanted to someday join the mob, and she <laughs> goals. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. She wanted to move to New York and join the mob. Ugh. Um, but she claimed that she had stolen cars and dated Crips. Oh jeez. And she wanted to be the first female hitman. I'm pretty sure there were probably like female hitmen before this, though. Like, I think so. I think someone beat her to the punch here. I don't think she was going to be the first. No. But what a, like, what a goal, hey? That's so weird. Right? Like, don't do that. Something to aspire to, everyone. Yeah. Kids, stay in school. Do you want to be a doctor, a lawyer, a, a hitman, hit bus driver? <laughs> yeah. You know, any of, that's all good goals. Just yeah. shoot for the stars. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Kelly kept sketches of this kind of material in her locker, like sketches of Like the mob. mob. Yeah, like... <laughs> This is my mom guns, fan fiction. People <laughs> shooting guns, um, stuff like that. Oh, geez. They okay. both thought that they were super tough and not to be messed with. Right. Rena Verk was a shy 14-year-old. She didn't like her home rules because her family were Jehovah's Witnesses. I wouldn't like my rules at home either if my family was that. Yeah, yeah so she was kind of rebelling. Yeah. She admired Josephine, but it sounds like there was some... It was, like, kind of jealousy yeah, more than just admiration. Well, probably, yeah. There's always a bit of both if you want yeah, to be someone. Yeah, like envy. She was envious of Yeah, her. yeah. She was very, like, vulnerable. Yeah. That's how she was described. Yeah, she, she got bullied. Yeah, at one point she took Josephine's notebook and oh. called boys that were listed in it. Oh. Um, saying, Telling them that Josephine is not as beautiful as she thinks, Josephine has AIDS and she has fake Whoa. eyebrows. Whoa. Whoa, the AIDS thing, though. I know. Yeah, I mean, like, this is, but, you know, stuff like that really isn't that. No, no, no. These are things uncommon. that people do. That's just mm. like, wow. It's a high shit. school thing. Yeah, no, and she's rebelling and envious. Like, yeah. I, yeah, it is a high school thing. High school girls have Plus, claws. it's pretty easy to just say, I, no. I mean, the chances mm. are pretty low, but, like, the eyebrows, that's just, she's yeah. just going for the throat with that right. eyebrow claim. That is way worse. Yeah, no. Just back off, like. Yeah, I have AIDS, but my eyebrows are real. 
<laughs> Jeez. Um, Thank yeah. you very much. So this enraged Josephine, and yeah, she decided to plan for revenge. She called some other girls to meet at Shoreline School on Friday for a beatdown, which uh, is the school that they attended. Yeah, just um, random school. Yeah. yeah. A few days before the murder, her uh, – yeah – Josephine's mother overheard her on the phone with Kelly talking about digging a grave and burying a girl. What's with all these cases where people overhear, like, their plot to murder and they then do nothing? Yeah, but this is so – basically what the mother said was the plan sounded messy and sounded like previous fantasies. So this is something that Josephine talked about a lot. Right. She fantasized about a lot. Right. Well, that's something to be worried about, too, if you're a parent, though. (laughs) It oh, is. it's just my sweet little girl talking about murdering Yeah, people like if again. she's always talking about this sort of stuff. You might want to ask her about it. Yeah. But I get why it blended in, yeah. So in November, on a Friday night, um, the Friday night that the beatdown was going to happen, a uh, Russian satellite broke in the sky and people what? gathered on the field behind the school. People always gathered in this field every Friday. Oh. But a bunch of people were always like, like, light. a bunch of people on this night were paying more attention to the yeah. lights in the sky from this satellite. Yeah. So, every, all the, on these Friday nights, all the cliques would mingle. You know, the ones that would normally not hang oh. out. Everybody would be there, right? Oh, it was that's like, kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but since this time, yeah. So, they were mostly paying attention to those lights in the sky. <laughs> the police came to break up the party, and so a group of the teens moved under the bridge. Right. To continue hanging out. Oh, shit. Josephine started the whole thing by putting a cigarette out on Rena's forehead. Yeah. And Rena swung back, and then Kelly punched her. Mm. Six girls joined in, as well as one boy named Warren Glowatsky. Yep. Most ran away from the fight, but the fight turned savage anyway. They were kicking and punching Rena, and oh Rena was lying in the mud and begging them to stop. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, one girl told everyone to stop at one point, and so the crowd did disperse. Rena was in the mud, bleeding and crying, and obviously oh, pretty badly wounded. injured. Yeah. So some people, some witnesses watched as she staggered on the bridge to head home. Yeah. Uh, and then later on, police divers retrieved her body from the water. Why, why did, how did people watch this happen and not? Like, they didn't see, see her, her get killed. She, as far as they could see, she just started walking across the bridge in the direction right. of home. So they figured she was just going to limp her way on yeah. there. Uh, but <sighs> basically, so the coroner said uh, she had multiple blows to the abdominal area. Oof. She had crushed convulsion injuries like people Oof. receive in a car crash. Oh, my God. She had extensive bruising under the skin of her face. <sighs> And she had a bruise in the shape of a sneaker print on the back of her brain. What? Yeah. Oh, my God. I know. On the back of her brain. Yeah. Holy shit. I don't even... That's insane to me how, how that, that even, even happened. Yeah. The, her skull must have been, like, <clears throat> half caved in. Yeah, she... Oh, my I don't God. Know. Uh, she had 18 pebbles in her lungs. Oh. So, that... Obviously, she was alive while she was in the water and inhaling Yeah, uh, the pebbles. Uh, she died from drowning. Right. This, uh, there were six girls that were charged with aggravated assault for that first attack under the bridge. Yeah. But that wasn't what killed her. No. What happened was two teens had followed her over the bridge at when she had started walking home. Yeah. They beat her up some more. Yep. And then dragged her into the gorge where they forcibly drowned her. Mm-hmm. They were tried as adults because of the severity, and the, so their names were able to be released because of this. Good. Fuck so them. it was Kelly Ellard and Warren Glowatsky. Yeah, it was those two. Yeah. Yeah. Warren was 16. He was slight and short, had doe eyes, and was good looking. Right. But apparently looked kind of like a criminal. Okay. I don't know. Maybe he looked kind of... Kind of either. I kind of get hardened. the type. I feel like I've seen that. Yeah. It makes sense because his life was troubled. <clears throat> his mother was an alcoholic and not around for years. Uh, he lived with his father, who was a welder, who moved constantly, living in Medicine Hat, Estevan, Nanaimo, and then finally the trailer park in View Royal. Right. But at this point, when the murder happened, his father had left him. Mm. 
because he met a woman in a Vegas casino and went to live in California with her. What? So yeah. so he just like up and left his son? Yep. Wow. So, sister. Warren? Warren. Yeah. I keep thinking Walter for some reason. That's, yeah. Warren was staying at a friend's house and he liked to boast that he was a crip. <sighs> was with these kids? I don't know. This shit isn't considered cool anymore. I'm glad at least for that. So when he testified, he testified that he followed Rena with Kelly, but only watched as Kelly dragged her and drowned her. Mm. Kelly testified that the killer could have been Josephine. Uh-huh. So she, oh. she didn't take responsibility. She said no. it could have been Josephine. In quotes, she said... Pushed on to her friend. In quotes, she said, she always says sick stuff, just weird, demented stuff. She wanted to bury someone. Josephine thinks it's considered cool if you hurt people, and it's not. It makes you seem like a thug. And yet she drowned Rena. Yeah. Okay. Well, she's obviously just trying to yeah, pin it on someone else. Yeah, obviously trying to seem innocent by pinning it, yeah. So she insisted ladies don't do that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. Even though, like, she's Perfect never argument. been the kind of person to care what ladies do or be ladylike. No you know, kidding. she wanted to be a gangster, right? Yeah. Police found a jacket with arms stained with salt water that was consistent with samples from the gorge mm. in Kelly's house. And hey. But Kelly insisted that that was from another day when she went swimming in there. With her jacket on? Apparently. Okay, <clears throat> Kelly. Yeah. Josephine, though, refused to testify against Kelly. Mm. Uh, yeah. And then, okay, so here's a ridiculous <clears throat> thing. The magazine McLean's warned of surging a surging wave of rage-filled girls desperate to be mated possessed of the fever that seems to rise because of boys what desperate to be mated yeah when did this this didn't take place that long ago i remember this case i know isn't that misogynistic that's so weird that sounds like the 1800s like ridiculous who is writing for you oh they're just writing it all fancy because they're mcleans yeah desperate to be mated uh, like okay that's the way they had to put it apparently that's you know common colloquial (sighs) we all talk about wanting to be mated (laughs) yeah that's all i talk about yeah relatable shit there when will i be mated (laughs) jeez (sighs) okay Okay, well, I mean, you know, you can talk about, like, how violence is rising in, like, like girls without mm. saying dumb shit. Well, like you that. don't have to imply that it's because they want to be more like, hooked up. Yeah, they want to hook up. get a boy. Yeah, no, it sounds like these girls are just violent. Yeah. They just liked violence. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the rage might be from something else. Maybe misogynists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds like it was just, uh, yeah. In this case, it was totally just them being particularly evil they just girls. They really wanted to come across as gangster. Yeah, and they yeah. were into that, yeah. and she pissed them off, so. So they Warren, they obviously both went to prison. Good. Warren avoided trouble in prison. He volunteered. He met with Rena's parents, who supported his request for full parole in 2010, which he got. Okay. He took responsibility for his actions and was remorseful. Yeah. Kelly continued to insist on her innocence, and she was badly behaved in prison. She basically, she hoarded toothbrushes Mm. for shivs. Wow. Um, she actually went on a year-long binge on contraband crystal meth in prison. Well, shit. Uh, but after she turned 30, she quit drugs and took a job in the prison library and became pen pals with a 41-year-old man named Darwin. Hmm. At the age of 33, she was eight months pregnant because of conjugal visits with Darwin. Ew. Yeah, so she had her baby in prison. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, she Um, became the exact kind of person she wanted to be. In February, she finally took responsibility for the murder, but she was somewhat. Basically, what she said was she brought Rena to splash water on her face to see if she would wake up after the initial beating. And accidentally held her under the water. Apparently. (laughs) Yeah. Oops. So she's still, Uh I don't know. Yeah, so she's not really taking responsibility. No. She's just changing her story to make it sound more believable. She's just finally admitting that she was yeah, actually there she knows... and she did take her to the water. Yeah, because no one's going to buy it otherwise. Like, Yeah. 
Both Rena and Josephine had spent time in a government-run home for runaway girls, so none of these kids really had yeah, this great lives. Yeah, like shit. One of the girls, one of the other girls that was involved in Rena's initial assault had witnessed her mother murder her father. Great. So this is... So this explains kind of why all these kids are, like, ad, like admiring violence, because, like, yeah. you know, it's what they grew up with. It's what they think is cool. Yeah. It's all they've seen. Um, after... Rena was beaten. Girls were rifling through her backpack, hurling per- perfume and her diary into the water. Wow. And divers recovered the diary. Oh. Yeah. But wow, I they didn't recovered see it? what it said. They well, I mean, it was yeah. probably so damaged from being in the water, it might not have been readable. Yeah, but I think it was, you know, at least something to give to the yeah, mother. Yeah, to give to the family. Yeah, the family. Oh, my God. Yeah, actually, I knew about this case. We did a... Uh, mock court trial of this case when I was in junior high for a drama project and I actually played Warren. Yeah. Yeah. That was weird. Yeah. I was 12 at the time. I thought I, I like <laughs> I knew you knew it and I'm like a lot of people obviously in Victoria are definitely going to know it. Yeah. And in this Canada. Case is famous for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Well there's a list like of all these types of um, murders where it was, like, a bullying situation. Yeah, of course. Yeah, because this one was, like, one of the most famous ones for girls killing girls, like, yeah. considered Yeah, and there are be. several others. There's another one. I can't remember the names, but they, like, they took this girl, basically stabbed her, beat her, set her on fire. Oh, my God. Yeah, they um, the they had been friends with her, and they had taken her out somewhere, and then... I don't know. At some point, she ended up in the trunk of the car, oh. still a lot after they stabbed her, but she was still alive. So they lit her on fire. And that, yeah, and that murder is kind of listed along with this one because that was Whoa. also a group of girls around the same age attacking a girl. Yes. Wow. Because one of the girls thought that this girl that they murdered was coming onto her girlfriend. Oh my gosh! What is with this? Like, these are not appropriate responses to being slighted. No. You know, when someone, like, says mean things about my eyebrows, I just shave theirs off. Yeah. I don't light them on exactly. fire. Yeah. Or you light the eyebrows on fire, but then put it out immediately. <laughs> it's hard to isolate the eyebrow. <laughs> you just if there's use... a strict science to eyebrow lighting. I, I've got it down pat. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's a useful skill in the job market, I'm sure. It is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> put it on your resume. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no. That, like... Wow, yeah, I, like, I've been hearing new info about that case for years and years and years. Like, it's still, like, a thing. Yeah. But. I'm pretty sure Kelly is, I don't know. Kelly is evil. I don't know if she's out Kelly or not. Ooh, hopefully not. I don't know. Yeah, I haven't heard that. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just glad that they did end up serving time, like, in this case, you know. It was they, pretty obvious. They tried really hard to kill her. This wasn't an yeah. accident. <laughs> like. I don't know how they linked it specifically to Kelly because that. The evidence is pretty well, circumstantial. Was in her house and on her jacket, though, right? Yeah, but the water on the jacket is really circumstantial. Yeah, I think it was more like testimony, too, probably. I think so. I think because of Warren's testimony and then. And probably the other kids watching. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what's fucked up to me is that, like, they saw her limp. Like, a bunch of people saw her limping away to the bridge thinking she was going to go home and no one went to help her after she'd been savagely beaten. Like, I wouldn't yeah. think she'd be able to make it home safe. Like, you'd think you'd, the least you could do after being a bystander to something like that is at least help the person home or call, like, 911. It was, yeah, but it was, like, mob mentality. Yeah, that's that's the scary part, like, that people do this shit. Yeah, that you can become something entirely different yeah, from like who you actually are. Humanity. Yeah. Uh, just because... You know, you're, yeah. you get swept along you're with the rest of the, of the people. Now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, definitely mob mentality. That's scary. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Well, I haven't heard of too many cases like this since. So, like, hopefully that's not as much a thing. But mob mentality is probably always going to be an issue in the world. There is a more recent case that's not, like, a bunch of girls beating a, and killing a girl. But um, a girl and her boyfriend murdering another girl girl. yeah yeah Yeah, there's a lot like that yeah yeah and i know they thought that this case was like that for a while too like i thought that like someone thought that rena had like been hitting on someone's boyfriend or whatever but Mm -hmm. i yeah i don't know they didn't mention that part but yeah i thought i thought i heard that a while ago i thought i had heard that trial but yeah yeah and there are a few things like there are implications of racism as well 
Yeah. Um, so there are a lot of, like, different things that people said about this. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So maybe it wasn't just, like, the taking her... Her notebook, notebook thing? thing. Yeah, it's yeah. hard to say. Ugh. 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 Okay, well, we're gonna yeah. be in Victoria right the second, not doing that. Yeah. And enjoying our time. We won't murder anybody. Uh, no. We're not in high school anyway. It's too late. She's sailed. <laughs> yeah, your murdering window is very short. High school's rough enough. Yeah, high school sucks. Don't, Don't murder kill each people. other. Yeah, no. It's just, just making it harder. Yeah. <sighs> and trying to finish high school from prison can't be a walk in the park either. You're going to be in high school for a very long time. And then when you get <laughs> out, people aren't going to hire you. Yeah. So you'll be like, why did I do that? Yeah, there's a lot that's like really, yeah. Why the fuck did you bother? Yeah, I honestly... I know there wow. are like work release programs or whatever. Yeah, but... there's stuff, but like, and there are some people who do go out of their way to hire ex convicts who like want to better themselves and mm-hmm. want to like rejoin society. But you're but unlikely to get a fabulous Kelly career doesn't out sound of like this. the type. Yeah, no, no, and yeah. I, honestly, after like, that, I mean, you'd be lucky to get a job at fast in fast food. Yeah, either way, like it's just it's not worth killing someone regardless. Like. <laughs> <laughs> that should be enough. Well, sometimes. Taking life should be enough an incentive to not take life. There may be some reasons. Not in this case, but... Not in this case. What are you thinking of specifically? Like, and wonder what circumstances are you planning to murder someone, Andrea? If they're super annoying. What constitutes as super annoying? Not emailing us at twoscaredsiblings at gmail.com by a chance? Yeah. That's exactly it. Yeah, that's pretty irritating. I yeah. hate it. <laughs> okay. Not yeah. rating, reviewing, or subscribing, or commenting. <laughs> yeah, no, tell us what we can improve, give us info, uh, share your stories, all that fun stuff. Everything. Yes. And, what, and also, like, stories? message me while I'm in Victoria. Yeah, Yeah, message us I'll when we're in Victoria. I'll post some cool pictures. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to sign in our Instagram. Yeah. And I'll post some stuff up there. Yeah, and I'll post on my personal Instagram as well, which is uh, Viscera Doll. I'm probably going to change that, but yeah, I'll keep you posted. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that is haunted and also terribly horrifying Victoria. Yes, it is. It's a beautiful city, really. It is beautiful. I'm surprised, <laughs> actually. Yeah, no. Bad things happen in gorgeous places. Everywhere. Yeah, which Bye. is good for us because then we get to tell you about them. Yeah, exactly. So, we, and we want your conspiracy theories. Yeah, that'd be fun too. Yeah, yeah it'd be fun. That. Yeah, okay. All right. Or if you know of any weird ones, especially that I creepy didn't cover. ones, because this is still yeah. a horror podcast. Yeah, we're trying to. We're really focusing on the horror bits. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, on that uplifting note. Yay. Uh, woo! Don't join the mob. Good night. <laughs> Bye.